James. Raf. Okay, be honest. Would you rather order mm. from a person or a QR code on your phone? Honest, I said be honest. <laughs> That's a great question. I prefer to order on QR codes. Mm. It really depends on the venue. I like going up to the bar at the pub. Yeah. Like that's just what I like doing. Mm. Um, it also depends on the culture. Like one of my locals is the Erskineville Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I go to the Erskineville Hotel and they use me and you, which mm-hmm. is like the, uh, which we'll talk about in this episode. It's like one of the, the big QR code ordering software. And they've integrated it so tightly that people just don't really go up to the bar there anymore. Mm. So when you do, the people that are there kind of look at you like, couldn't you have just used the thing? Mm. I don't say it, but like the vibe is like, what are you doing doing here? Mm. So it kind of depends on the venue a bit. and like, But for, I like going up to get beers. Yeah. That's just like part of, that's part of my culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, I understand. <laughs> people say white people have no culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting up for no reason to go to the bar not talk to the bartender with anything interesting. No, just a couple words here and just, there. Just be like, yeah, but just uh, three pale ales, thanks. Uh, yeah, schooners. Yeah. Card, card. Yeah. You know, that's all, all it is. But are you doing, is actually, actually, is the kitchen open? Oh, no. Okay. What time is it closed? Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite thing from the menu? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you would never <laughs> ask that. That doesn't just look like you had two heads. Um, I agree. I want the option. I want the option to do either. There are certain places or certain conversations maybe or certain days where I don't want to leave the table that I'm at. There are other where, yeah, I like the ritual of um, going to the bar. Yeah. Making small talk. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not so much a quip, a quip or two. No one wants a conversation. No, you don't want to do that. No, no, no. But like, you know, just a little bit of a funny thing. Maybe the guy in front of you was like a little bit weird Mm. and you just go like a (laughs) bit of an eyebrow raise. (laughs) Shared yeah, human experience, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can't do that through a buddy app. Maybe we will be the last generation to order at a bar. That'd be sad. I mean, the Zoomers would know it. Like, they would have witnessed it. But I reckon a Zoomer would be much more likely to QR it regardless. Mm. No, totally, because they're all used to bloody Snapchat and what have you. <laughs> the flip side is there are some venues who um, or will literally just be like, no, like order on the app. Like we ain't taking orders. It's QR code only yeah. um, for ordering. You do see a few of them like that. Here's oh. another thing you miss out on when you – a little little bit of social ritual you miss out on when it comes to like using a QR code app at a, at a pub especially. Mm. You know when you go to like – it's normally kind of like a big beer barn kind of vibe where they just have – an insane number of beers on tap. Mm. But not because they're like all craft beers or whatever. They just like have everything for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And like you look at the taps that are in front of you mm. and like you kind of have the shit ones. Yeah, and, and you're, you're like, like, oh, God. And you're like, oh. Well, and you, you, Then you notice. You, you have to walk all the way around to see what they have on the other taps. Mm. I often have that like a sense of dread. I go home like, nope, no, 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 no. Oh, God. And then I'm like, oh, thank God. There's another whole. There's another one. Oh, they got rashes. <laughs> bunch of taps. Not for me. Reshes is what I'll drink if I have to drink one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is one of those one of those beers, yeah. I did do some research. Uh-huh. It wasn't explicitly for this episode. This was actually like a couple of months ago. I was just making some conversation with someone at the bar, at the, a bar someone serving at the bar, um, a worker. And um, I asked, what do you prefer? Do you prefer if, if I use the app? What does a bartender prefer? And 
they said the one good thing about the apps is more tips because you know the apps kind of they push do. the tips in front of you. They do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and nowadays, because everyone uses card, no one tips anymore at bars because obviously, like. They just punch it into the frigging thing. You tap your phone. That's it. You don't really even have an opportunity to, to leave a tip. Yeah. Whereas in the apps, like people will leave tips in the apps. But uh, she also was like part of the reason of becoming a bartender rather than like a box packer or whatever at Amazon or, is for the social interaction yeah. and, you know, the environment and blah, blah, blah. And it does feel a bit like being a bot because you like it's just a computer kind of spitting out orders and then you delivering and back and you don't really have that interaction it's yep. kind of more like mechanized that's sad mm. damn maybe they should introduce kind of like a little video chat functionality into the into the app so you scan it you pick your meal you pick the drink you want i'm just thinking customer flow yeah ux yeah you tap sell and then before it gets to like the payment screen mm. where you like do the your face id for apple pay or whatever mm. video screen throws up immediately connects to the a camera that's behind the bar and the bartender just like nods at you. Mm. I goes, yep. Good choice. Yep. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Yep. Sorry, mate. Did you say Stonewood, right? Stonewood. <laughs> Stonewood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I was actually, and you go, actually, no, it was the filter XPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, mate. sorry, sorry, <laughs> mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did the screen goes away. Yeah. You pay. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, more of a like, yeah, better experience for sure. Anyway, so we're, <laughs> that was a very long rambling way to get into it. But we are talking about the QR code menus, which you are no doubt aware of. Yeah, yeah. You see them everywhere now. Yeah. Real COVID era innovation. Yeah. But it does actually come from what we were talking about the other week when we were talking about the Everything app. Mm. Because the first markets that really started to do this were the ones that had sort of like the countries like China, where they had WePay, Alipay, mm. WeChat payments, which they were using for scanning QR codes to pay for all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But naturally, you got into the, the restaurant world. Mm. And there were a few attempts to make it work pre-COVID, like in Australia. Yeah, you know, I remember trying to use it at a Japanese restaurant because they it was one of those places where, again, they're like, we don't take orders, like, use the QR code. And I'm like, what the, what the <laughs> devil is this? This country has gone to the bloody dogs. <laughs> the Japanese, like the iPad ones, those are good. Oh, yeah, it wasn't the iPad one. The, the iPad, iPad ones are good. I guess it was maybe it was almost like a way to save money as a Japanese restaurant by having a QR code rather than the screen itself. Yeah. Those screen things were great. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather use have... someone else's dirty screen. <laughs> they still have them. I went, I went to a Japanese place the other night where they have the uh, screen. You just keep whacking that. Sapporo. Give me some more Sapporos, yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously it went off, went off during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Because social distancing, things like that. Well, there were kind of two sides of it. One, lots of businesses went delivery that didn't have delivery before. Mm. Um, like, you know, there were lots of pubs and what have you that never did Uber Eats but started doing something during the pandemic, yeah. during lockdowns because, you know, they could... Well, they had to get online, had to get the menu online. It wasn't just a PDF anymore. It wasn't just a PDF. It wasn't, yeah, exactly. So it was that side of it. And then the other side was once uh, you could actually go back to pubs and, and restaurants and whatever. Mm. Um, they wanted to maintain social distancing and all that sort of stuff. So as a result, QR code menus or NFC menus, mm. a lot of them are kind of both now where like you have like a little pod in the center of your table, mm. a little disc with a QR code, but it also, you can just tap your phone on it. Well, and also people became more familiar with QR codes, right? Immediately. Well, that, that's Especially also- in, in the West. But yeah, the, as you said, the NFC ones, so in Australia, the two major players 
I mean, it depends how you frame it, I guess, but we'll just say Australian-born major players are Mr. Yum and Me and You. Me and You, uh, which launched in 2018, they're the pods, right? Like it's got NFC in that you don't necessarily have to scan the QR code on it. You can hold your phone near it and it'll kind of pop up and blah, 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 like send you the link. I feel like that piece of technology is a real pre-COVID. You can kind of tell they were pre-COVID because were I to be starting, and we'll get to it, you basically can. If I were to start one of those businesses now, there's no way you'd go for NFC, like a physical device that has to sit on every single table that costs money to produce and manufacture and go through the R&D of that. And then like some bespoke kind of system, you would 100% just go with like a QR code that you can print off. See, I disagree, but only because having those little things is like just lock in. Once a company, like once a restaurant or bar or whatever has invested in having one of your little NFC pods sitting on a table mm. or like all the tables in their restaurant, it'll be much harder for them. Not impossible, but like the switching cost for them being like, okay, I'm now going to go with whoever yeah, would be higher. For sure. Right now it would be, but the onboarding at the same time, there's more friction That's like yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to just like, oh yeah, we'll just send you a bunch of files that you need to print off and stick on the tables for now and we can send, we'll send you some nice cardboard ones in the mail, but you can get going tomorrow if you want or whatever. Not true. But regardless, yes. Don't get me wrong. The me and you thing was also fantastic timing, right? It's almost like they knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, Google Justin Hems COVID. <laughs> um, but yeah, Thank me, me later. <laughs> and then, yeah, Mr. Yum, I think is more, was more delivery world, but like also... Offers the same technology. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of the, um, as I mentioned before, a lot of pubs going to delivery, mm. they also, a lot of them did that through Mr. Yum because mm. it really aggressively pursued pubs and restaurants that just didn't want to be on Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the question is, there's rumbling that these two major players are investigating a potential merger in Australia, like everyone else, were highly hyped during covid this is the future of how everyone will order food, I guess, like yeah. in person, in restaurants, blah, blah, blah. It's a no-brainer. Shovel your money in now. These things are going to be huge. Once we had a new paradigm where interest rates went up a couple percent and money was no longer free and now you have to make profit, as I said, like many businesses had to cut staff and obviously their valuations have presumably gone down. They're finding it a lot tougher and I think people are maybe rightly asking the question, is there a multi-multi-billion dollar business here? Yeah. First, let's talk about what are actually the advantages of it. So I think it's pretty clear based on what we were talking about that there has been behavioral shifts yeah. after, that have like stuck around after COVID. Yeah, yeah. You go to a like a big pub today, there's a pretty solid chance they'll have these. Not always, yeah, but like yeah. there's a solid chance they're going to have. And as a consumer, like if I see the me and you one or whatever – or Square, which we'll get to in a bit, I do know like, oh, I th I've already got an account with that. So that'll actually be pretty quick. Yeah. You know, and that, this, this is like the pitch deck thing once. Mm. They onboarded so many people during during those times. Mm. And like once you onboard someone to me and you, it becomes relatively easy if they go to any other venue. Yeah. Just go, oh, they've got me and you. Great. Scan. Great. Pulls up my app. I've already got my payment details saved. Yeah, yeah. I can get a chicken parmy straight away. Mm. It's going to land on my table promptly and I won't have to talk to anyone. Mm. Amazing. So does that. The pitch from um, me and you and these other companies, uh, as with like any kind of payments intermediation 
sort of uh, software is this is better because your customers spend more yeah. when, they, when they have these. Yeah. How about you add some chicken nuggets to your chicken parmy? I don't know. I don't eat chicken parmies or nuggets. I just assume that's something you'd do. I don't. I can't imagine I would have both. But maybe I would if I saw. If because yes, a lot of these. Me and you certainly does it. Mm. Really tries to upsell you on stuff that you can add to the meal that you've bought. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, it's you, got an upsell flow to it. What about the dessert? You know, are you, are you ready for another beer? Like that. Kind uh, of it's shit. actually pretty impressive now that yeah, you put your phone near it and open it, and it'll be like just another one. Like and you bang like one tap. Like yep. Yep, not a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to tell me twice. I wasn't going to. I was going to have a click around, but now that you mention it, I feel like another beer. <laughs> I do feel like another young Henry's. So, like, that's their claim. Like, on the, the headline claim, the menu says that, oh, they spend 30% more. 30% more. Yeah. That is a very bold claim. Mm. It's a huge claim. They spend The people spend 30% more when they order on the menu app versus not. I don't know where they get that number for, from. They don't seem to provide why, but sure. Look, I, sure. I, I can see it making it frictionless. Mm. I'm rarely, it depends how busy the place is as well. I'm rarely constrained with how many beers I'm drinking on, because like I finish one, I get the next one. Yes. You know, maybe it makes things a bit quicker and smoother. Maybe that's the allegation. Mm. Plus like the upselling stuff on your food. Are you yeah. sure you don't want just some sides? Yeah, yeah. Do you want some pickles? <laughs> Bang. Three bucks. You're in. Mm. So there's that. And then there's obviously like the labor-saving part of it as well. The idea being that you can minimize your bar staff mm. to a degree or at least make them more efficient because mm. you can have them focusing on just like taking the food out rather than manning a, the, the taps. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. And, and you know, people aren't walking away from the back of the line because the line's too long or whatever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're talking like specifically about pubs because where they appear a lot of the time, but obviously you can get them in all sorts of restaurants. And yeah, and probably should mention my understanding is, or well, not my understanding, it's just a guess, but like you target the major pubs because they're pub conglomerates. So from a sales perspective, you can sell in quite easily. Yeah. I mean, it's only one contract to sell into 40 pubs with like Solitel or whoever, and then, as, as opposed to finding like individual restaurants, which, you know, there's not that many big restaurant conglomerates. It makes more sense to just target like, okay, if we just target these big pub conglomerates, we can get coverage on yeah, yeah. You know, 50%. One of, the, one of the biggest investors in me and you is Justin Hams and, and Merivale. Yeah. So if you go to any Merivale venue, they will have a me and you mm. on every table. They've just It's rolled out across their whole group. Mm. This is one thing that I wonder if consumers will kind of have a problem with though. Like how do they make their money? They, they take seemingly around 5%. Again, unclear. They don't advertise on the website how much they take, but it seems like 5% is how much they add to every purchase. But for the most part, it seems like the consumer pays that. Like at the last second, they just add a transaction fee. And like 5% isn't nothing. You are paying like, you know, if you buy two beers for $22, you're paying like a dollar or whatever to not have to go to the bar. Yep. Dollar's not nothing. No. Dollar's a dollar. No. That is kind of put onto the consumer, but I guess the market's showing that for the most, maybe like most people don't really care about that. Well, it's like, you know, the revealed preferences mm. with, um, we're talking about Woolies self-checkouts or whatever. Yeah. But if, it's like paying a little bit more for Woolies self-checkout. No, that's true. Like, that, that is true. Although I think I'm, I'm talking time savings. Like people yeah. will queue up to use a self-checkout even if the the lanes are wide open. Yeah, yeah. Like that. So people really do put a premium on not having to like interact with people. No, totally. It's a sick, sad world we live in. And also no one knows the price of beers. That's the thing. Like, well, that's I, true. Like, if the, I mean, the beers could be $14 like, or $11 I've, or $7. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know how much a beer is supposed to be. Exactly. <laughs> well, there is no, it's not supposed to be anything. And that's why they, they charge what they want. Exactly. No, totally. It used to be back in the day that a beer was $5. Mm. You get a schooner for $5. And now I wouldn't blink if they charge me $25. <laughs> I went to Taylor's rooftop the other day and yeah, I think it was $19 for a pint of stone and wood, I believe. <laughs> that's anyway. so much money. Yeah, anyway. That's outrageous. But, you know, it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Again, six hard world. <laughs> But yeah, the other thing they offer though at the business owner is analytics. Oh yeah, okay. I mean, this is the claim of any sort of payments platform or processor is they're like, we can give you a bird's eye view of who is spending Mm. and where they're spending and what they're doing. Yeah. Look at your menu like you've never seen it before. Just all these ones and zeros (laughs) just giving you intelligence. Yeah, intelligence. You can find out, hey, people are actually eating a lot of chicken schnitzels. <laughs> so maybe I should, I don't know, do more with that. So I, I do find the value proposition a little bit, at least like, you know, I feel like a lot of the stuff it can offer in terms of analytics and data hmm. is not radically different to what they're collecting either already through their pod system mm. or like inventory, just, just yeah. completely intuitively. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can- Jeez, like, we've sure got a lot of cheese left over. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, like they tell the, the Lord Gladstone or something, your your clientele are men aged between 21 and 25. Mm. It's like, yeah, I, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my eyes. Like, I mean, I guess maybe there's something there for big pub conglomerates to, yeah, I don't know, right. some boffin to get some bird's eye view. But like, as you say, like for the most part, I'm sure that a lot of that data has already been um, taken. But th- this kind of leads us to, I guess, a key issue with them, which is differentiation. And I, and I think they use this, like they make that play that you know, we will provide you with all this intelligence and analysis and you'll be able to do targeted discounts and this, that, and the other and personalized newsletters and all this kind of thing to differentiate themselves from each other. Because as I said earlier, there is something to be said for like, at the end of the day, if what the product is, is especially now, a piece of paper with a QR code that links to a menu with some integrated Stripe checkout, basically, that is not the hardest thing in the world to build. There's not a huge moat around that as like a technological concept to the point where the pub that we were actually in today uses one that like I'd never heard of. No, I, well, I, I had never seen it before the first time we went there. It was called My. My with two with, Ys? Yeah, with two Ys. And, you know, good for My, I'm sure, that like the fantastic people running it. But they <laughs> actually started. So My, it's the same thing as all of these things. It's a QR code, you scan enter your table number, or actually I already knew my table number, buy, put in a, in a friggin' credit card, it gets delivered. How do you create brand loyalty that is easy for customers and effective for your business? The My App was developed as a centralized platform for all brands to be visible within the customer promotional landscape. And then a quote from a customer. This is the kind of thing that customers be saying. I want to be loyal to the brands I love and use, but it needs to be easier and faster for me. Mm. I'm always saying stuff like that. Well, my app was created to instigate a paradigm shift in brand loyalty. And then it gives like an example about like, okay, you're you're a cafe owner. You notice you've got some pastries that are going off tomorrow. Literally, it's like, there's a large selection of close-to-date cakes and pastries expiring tomorrow. So he creates an offer. Buy a coffee and get one free piece of cake, limited to the first 100 customers. It actually says fist, 100 customers. Jason limits his offer to a five-kilometer radius of the cafe to bring in customers not currently on site. This can be either driven by the cafe or the brand. Both have logins. 
This allows a closer working relationship with brands and venues. As a customer, this is what I want, is uh, an app to be push notifying me that... <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a cafe I've potentially never heard of <laughs> with four a... kilometres away <laughs> selling some stale cakes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But but this company is then obviously pivoted into like, oh, and we'll do the QR code menus. Like it's this way. Yeah, yeah. It's like ridiculous kind of. The barrier of- to entry to this, as you say, is so low. I think that like all you need is like a Stripe backend mm. or like some sort of payment processing backend. You need to someone to like build up like the menu software, mm. which again, not super hard. Mm. And I've seen some like ugly ones. Yeah. Like, you know. We're basically oh, talking about like a spreadsheet here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's exactly. like a table, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you need like some sales and growth guys to just hit up cafes, hit mm. up bars. It's a pretty easy business to get off the ground. Yeah. Where, and like you can cobble together from off the shelf parts basically. Yeah. And that's like the beauty of it because, well, I mean, actually the opposite, like the, <laughs> the horrible ugliness of it is that like you get squeezed by the fact that entrant – your only advantage you have is scale. Yeah. Like someone like me and you does have a strong advantage because they have Merivale. Yeah. And then once they have Merivale, which they already do because Justin Hems is an investor, mm. they can go to like anyone and be like, hey, this is what Merivale uses. This is like the most successful hospitality chain yeah, yeah. in the country basically. Easy. But like apart from the scale, competitors can come up and basically charge you pennies more than whatever they're transaction and exchange fees they're paying yeah, to, yeah. to Stripe is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also another business that suffers from like, if you're taking 5% of every transaction, as you said, like they're probably paying about half of that to, to various payment processes to actually like transact the money. We're talking about a very low margin business here on sure, like people in Australia spend money in pubs and restaurants. Even so, like, I think it's like $60 billion or whatever. But point being, like, you're taking a very slim margin of that. You've got heaps of competition because the barrier to entry is really low. And I think almost most importantly, I've been seeing people like Square adding it as a feature, as in your product can be featureized, which is another big concern. Square, the little white square that you see cafes and restaurants or whatever have, the yeah. tap, tap to pay Square. People know Square, right? Jack Dorsey um, owned business. I mean, they're having problems themselves for basically the same reason that, that the percentages they're taking are so low. But regardless, they've just integrated it at places like Rara, you know, where you're just using, there's a QR code and you use Square to pay. And the same thing, like most people have purchased from Square before and they may, and you probably have given your credit card to Square and so they've saved your details and, you know, you can log in with the SMS and all that kind of thing. And so if like a, a far more integrated service like Square, which people use as their full point of sale, inventory management, it's their cashier, it's their cash register, blah, 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 can just, again, make it a little feature, it does make it quite tough, especially in a small market like Australia. So, I mean, the big ones, Mr. Yum and um, me and you have obviously been trying to explain globally, but this is one of the key issues that... Um, global head of me and you even said like when they went to expand into the UK, there were 65 other brands already there doing the same thing. Yeah. As, as you say, incredibly low barrier to entry. And the the difficulty on the other side of the equation, you know, we're talking about like annoying, stupid ways that they expand by being like actually we're an analytics mm. and business platform, we're like a general SaaS platform for like hospitality businesses, mm. um, which, you know, those exist too. You know, the big one in the US is, is Toast. Mm. Toast is kind of like a platform that's quite popular that sort of runs everything for mm. a um, restaurant or a bar or a hospitality business or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Oracle is the one in most of the like the legacy organizations. Yeah, exactly. There's the men you could kind of expand upwards and be like, all right, so 
will just be like the point of sale system for your entire restaurant. Mm. You know, may, maybe we'll even handle, you know, staff scheduling. We'll, yeah. we'll handle like we'll invoices do, for suppliers. And we'll be a total like vertical SaaS business for the whole thing. They could potentially do that. But then they butt up into a whole bunch of competition. Mm. It's like, oh, can we fix our payment thing by becoming our own payment processor? Mm. Okay, well, now you're competing with like Square and Stripe mm. and all these other things like that. And then, as I said, from the bottom, you have, you know, this weird stale cakes business that we've, <laughs> I've never seen in any other bar. Yeah. Being like, we will take absolute nothing yeah. from you. And, and you just need to print it off and put it on your table. and Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad business because it's kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a ticket clipping thing. You can like, if you're able to scale and get it in the right number of businesses. Because, mm. you know, we say, yes, Square does offer it and Rara is, I think, the only place I've been where I've actually seen it. And I see I see Square Terminals everywhere. Mm. Like, Square Terminals are all over the shop. But I, I haven't seen their QR code menu that often. Mm. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I haven't seen it somewhere else. But definitely not. I've seen me and you in way more places. Yeah, yeah. So they, they're clearly doing okay in that regard. Mm. So I think for a business like that, it makes sense. Just like it's hard for me to think of it as being like a blockbuster thing. Yeah, I, I think it's yet another one of those companies that, like, yeah, it does sound like a good business. It sounds like they've executed it pretty well. Both me and you and Mr. Yum seem to be doing pretty well as far as, like, growth and expansion. Unclear whether it's profitable. I think me and you are claiming they're going to be profitable in 2024. We'll see how that plays out. And now there's this talk of the two biggest players, I guess, in Australia or biggest independent players potentially merging. Again, see how that plays out. It's just rumoured at this stage or like they were talking to investment banks about advising on it. However, yeah, it might you know, be yet another of those businesses that is this a $100 billion business? Is this something that can get you 100x return yeah. on investment as a VC? Or is this possibly a nice little business that you just have 200 employees, which is actually quite a lot, that's probably still in expand and growth mode, but you know, you've got a sales team that goes around and tries to sell these into businesses. You've obviously got a small tech team adding little feature by little feature and making sure everything's still running, integrating with more points of sale systems yep. and earning just like that nice little bit of money. Employees get paid, the owner gets a decent salary, but you know, it's never going to be an explosive growth in a competitive market. Yeah, good. totally. And like, you know, for an investor, like Justin Hems and Maryvale, they're probably not thinking of it as like a 100x venture investment. Yeah. They're thinking of it as like, let's invest in this thing where we can like introduce something that our customers want mm. and would be good for our business generally, which mm. is like being able to pay remotely and have stuff delivered to your table. Yeah, another um, investor is like Tiro, which is the um, payments provider. Like those ugly FPOS machines, whenever you see like an ugly FPOS machine, it's, like, them. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's them. They're an investor, again, kind of makes sense. It's like, oh, okay, it's a way of more integrating themselves into the payment process if this is the future of payments and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, from that res like respect. Tiger Global, though, were a Mr. Yum investor. Yeah. Well, Tiger Global, they came in and swung swung around for a little bit in mm. like, the Australian market and, and wherever. I mean, ever, and now they're facing like serious issues mm. with many of their venture investments, but that's the market in general. But I think one thing is that it's obviously not going away. No, I think, I mean, it probably is the future. Kind of maybe in like expensive restaurants, you'll still get table service and and maybe certain pubs will s still have the bar for some reasons, but I think the majority of them won't. I'm talking 10 years time. It, it does seem to make sense that this is where it's going. But unless someone thinks of something, maybe some kind of like system where the beer just like appears out of like a hole in the table or something like that. Yeah, so ma imagine if there's kind of like a... 
like a, a little a little hole opens in the middle of your table and like the beer comes out as kind of like just a shimmering liquid. Mm. Like not even in a glass. Not in a glass. It's just, but suspended. It, but it's it's kind of suspended in a field. Mm, like a floating uh, rock. Like like a floating rock and it sort of like undulates and pulses a bit mm. and you have to lean forward and kind of slurp it out of the field. Mm. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that super con- con- conductivity uh, will enable. Yeah, yeah. And this is actually another thing. You know what one of the other key issues is? Like people going out less. Like this is and this is an actual thing. Yep. Australians are spending already something apparently like thirty percent less than they were two years ago yeah, in yeah. restaurants and bars. Yeah, yeah, like people aren't going out. That's and that's a trend that's like not really doesn't seem like it's changing. Unfortunately, well, that's because um, well, beers are nineteen dollars as you described. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and yeah. you can stay at home on the TikTok. You can stay at home on TikTok and have to deal with inflation. Mm. Except bloody likes inflation. What's that? <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't know. <laughs> if you're listening to this, did you know there's another world out there where you get a second episode of Down Round a week? Yep, it's called Down Round Premium. That's right. And there's no interruptions. No interruptions, no ads. Two episodes a week, including the free one you're getting right now, plus another one. Yep, seven bucks a month. Not a week, a month. Downround.net. Downround.net. Instant access to the whole back catalogue as well. You've got so much to catch up on. There's so much. Get around it. Mmm. 